Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard, and with me today is Daniel Casali, Head of Investment Strategy. We're going to be looking at what might create a turnaround in financial markets and whether investors can look forward to a better 2023. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 2nd of November, 2022. Before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk, depending on the geographical region and industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. Welcome, Daniel. Um, Let's discuss the UK first. Um, We have a new prime minister and seemingly a more stable government. Has this been reflected in UK financial assets, you know, like the bond market and sterling? Uh, Hi, Cherry. Yes, to some extent, gilt yields are down and sterling has appreciated. That's because the Bank of England is not expected to raise interest rates as aggressively. The resignation of Prime Minister Truss and the reversal of her dash for growth policy, as well as the replacement uh, by Rishi Sunak, should ease market concerns of running a too loose fiscal policy at a time of elevated inflation. And have the all-important government bond yields returned to normal? Well, the short answer is no. Gilt yields are a long way from normal. Uh, if you went back to the start of August, the 10-year gilt yield was 1.8%. They're currently 3.5%. True, it is down from a closing day peak of 4.5% at the end of September. Uh, but it could be said it's a long way from normal. OK, and what about equities? Well, UK equities, they're largely driven by global growth. Around 75% of sales of listed UK companies uh, are derived from overseas. Equities have really been unmoved by the domestic politics, so forget about the media headlines in the Daily Mail when investing in UK stocks. Okay, that's good to know. And I mean, do you think that this is a sort of permanent dent in confidence in the UK? I mean, certainly it'd be remiss not to say that the Trust Government uh, series of fiscal errors has damaged UK's financial reputation. It'll probably take some time to restore the confidence in UK gilts and sterling. Uh, But we do see that the new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, uh, who's due to give a fiscal statement on the 17th of November, it does include measures to reduce the budget deficit over the next five years. It'll also be accompanied by forecasts from the Independent Office of Budget Responsibility, and that could go some way to restoring some confidence in UK financial assets. Of course, it remains to be seen what bond investors will think of UK public finances after this event, Uh, But it does appear that the Sunak government's conservative view on tackling the deficit will probably be positively received by markets. Furthermore, it will reduce the need of the Bank of England to raise interest rates aggressively to address elevated inflation. Okay, and I mean, we should say that it's it's not just the UK. It has been a really difficult time for all fixed income markets uh, with prices sliding and yields rising since the start of the year. I mean, why has it been so tough? I mean, that's right. I mean, it's not just down to the UK, it's all uh, developed market bond markets. And it really really boils down to an abrupt change in loose monetary policy by central banks. So after 40 odd years of relatively low inflation and low interest rates, central banks have been forced to raise rates quite aggressively. 
That's because this multi-decade uh, high global inflation brought about by significant government stimulus during the pandemic and a lack of investment in fossil fuel output the last decade or so has led to this higher inflation. What made it worse was high investor positioning in bonds and central banks have made it clear that they want to sell bonds back to the market. This essentially left a demand vacuum and this exacerbated the spike in government bond yields and particularly for gilts during this autumn. Okay, um, I, I suspect I might know the answer to this, but what would create a turnaround in markets? Is it just all to do with the Fed, really? Well, yes. I mean, we would probably need to see the Fed backtrack a little on its tight monetary stance for equities to recover from here. It may just mean that they reduce the amount of increases that they do. They're expected to raise rates by 75 basis points today. Uh, but if they reduce that to 50 basis points in December, that could be one step on the way to seeing a turnaround in markets. Uh, but the bar does remain quite high, uh, given that inflation is quite elevated. Um, and how likely is it that they will sort of do that smaller cut? I wouldn't rule out the fact that the Fed will scale back its rate of interest rate increases. Uh, the Fed can't stay focused solely on inflation. It will soon need to look at the labour market too. And after the midterm elections on the 8th of November, uh, there'll be huge political pressure coming from the White House on the Fed to ease back. But then we'd expect the jobless rate to start rising. And indeed, we'd probably expect the Fed to ease back. And um, what would that mean for markets? Would they just suddenly spring back into life, perhaps? <laughs> well, at least it would give you grounds for uh, the equity market and the bond market, crucially, to recover from these levels. Uh, of course, a lot of this will be dependent on inflation, whether it continues to slow from here. Also important for the Fed would be to rebalance the labour market to match supply. Uh, that would reduce the risk of wage rates becoming entrenched in the economy. So in inflation is really still the big problem. I mean, have there been any signs that it could be peaking? The short answer is yes. Inflation expectations tend to lead overall reported inflation seen in the press. For example, if we take the US Treasury inflation protected bond market, it shows that US inflation expectations have slowed to a projected 3% per annum over the next two years from roughly 5% last March. And also, if you look at opinion polls they, of uh, consumers, they show that inflation expectations have also come down. So as a lead indicator, these inflation expectations suggest that the reported inflation should start to decelerate from here. OK, so you're optimistic it could turn a corner. Yes, uh, as it does not appear that we're entering into this wage inflation spiral that we had in the 1970s. Uh, for instance, if we looked at the latest US employment cost index for the third quarter, it actually stabilised at 5% year-over-year increase. And that's the same rate as we had in the previous quarter, in the second quarter. Importantly, uh, this was the first time since the pandemic that the wage growth stopped accelerating. So this suggests that wage rates uh, may not necessarily be coming in traits in the labour market, and this should allow for future inflation to decelerate from here. Okay, well, that's encouraging. I mean, let's let's look at equity markets. I mean, they feel like they've been quite kind of directionless and, and volatile over the last month or so. Are there any sort of themes or trends you could pick out? Well, I am going to add in a huge caveat here, and that is, should interest rate expectations stabilise, which is our base case, it may provide an opportunity for equities to recover from these deeply oversold levels and low valuations. Nevertheless, given the current uncertain market conditions, I think the key theme here is to stay defensive during this energy crisis. And this means owning sectors like healthcare, consumer staples and utilities, which are largely not driven by uh, interest rates. We also like the commodity related stocks. And of course, this will include oil and gas. 
Uh, these are supported by high energy prices and very healthy free cash flows. Okay, and what are the big risks for equity investors? Well, I think the key risk for investors is the inflation outlook. And of course, that is in turn dictated to by the energy prices. Should inflation surprise on the upside, the Fed and other central banks are likely to keep their foot on the monetary brake. And I think that the latest developments from OPEC+, Plus, which also includes Russia, to reduce oil output by 2 million barrels a day in October is not encouraging. What makes this a highly unusual decision is that the West has normally called on this oil cartel, and particularly the Saudis, to keep crude oil flowing through this energy shortage. That hasn't happened. The official reason given by OPEC+, Plus is a response to rising interest rates and decelerating global growth expectations in the advanced economies. Nevertheless, it is possible that OPEC is pushing back against the desire of the West to lower energy prices, probably egged on by Russia. After all, OPEC is a profit-maximizing oil cartel with material pricing power. In short, what we're seeing now is that energy is becoming increasingly weaponized, and this should lead to sustained high oil prices. Of course, this could complicate the job of the Fed uh, stamped and hard on inflation. Thank you, Daniel, for that comprehensive roundup. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including What Does Sterling's Fall Mean for Investors, written by Daniel. Ben Siegerscott will be back in the studio for our next podcast episode, and we'd love you to join us if you can. Please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so already, and you can rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time. Music